1: Good morning. It is Friday. Congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back. You made it. Friday, February 17th, and it is five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us this morning. And let's talk about immigration. More Americans expressing their unhappiness with the level of immigration in the U.S., with less than 30% saying they're satisfied with the influx of new residents. And this is new data that was uh, compiled by Gallup. And uh, in it, they say that the satisfaction rate has fallen 6% in a year, going from 34% last year down to 28% this year. And of that, 71% of Republicans say immigration levels are too high, whereas among Democrats, it's just 19% saying immigration levels are too high.
2: You know, the the government finds a way to make everything just infinitely less acceptable, and infinitely harder than it should be. And this is the danger and the perils of government. I I have asked this question, I'll continue to ask this question. Is there any part of government that you would look at it and say, they do blank really well, and more importantly, they do blank in a very efficient manner? Oh, I've got an answer for the first one. Oh,
1: okay. You said they do blank really well? Yes. They do a really good job at taking a lot of my money. That's true.
2: That's very
1: true. Now, efficient? I don't know about that. Well, but they'll, they are they'll good at it.
2: They'll efficiently come and get your money, Casey. Right. Yes, they will. <laughs> but the point is, so immigration should be a pretty simple thing, right? I mean, at least the premise, our immigration premise, should be a pretty simple. Obviously, there's vetting and things of that nature that should be taking place that are clearly also not taking place. But, but. It was once described to me, and I thought this was the perfect description for what we should want in our immigration policy. A very big wall Mm -hmm. with a very wide gate in which we say, we are a welcoming country. We do want people to desire to come to our country. However, there is a very rigorous process by which we will fully evaluate you to come to this country. And the evaluation process should include the following things, right? I don't think it makes you a racist or a xenophobe or whatever phobe it would be because you say the following things should be a part of our immigration process. And I can say this because my wife is Hispanic. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to assimilate into this country? Do you want to adapt into this country the same way is if I went to another country which is why I don't go to other countries I don't want to assimilate. <laughs> I want to be me. I want mm-hmm. to be an American. Mm-hmm. I don't expect other countries if I went somewhere else though to cater to me. Yeah. I don't expect them to change everything they do to placate me because I'm going to them. So do you want to assimilate into this country? Also, do you offer a skill set that we need in this country? There are certainly many areas in which indeed there are a shortage of people to do jobs in specific fields. We should certainly value those people coming into this country, but are you capable of Or are you in the process of becoming capable of doing those things that we need as a country? Mm -hmm. And it is okay for us to say that you should have to be able to do the things that we need as the country because you're coming to us.
1: You're asking us, can I come in?
2: You want to be Mm -hmm. a part of Mm -hmm. our country. Yeah. We are here, Mm -hmm. we've been here. And so, but, but we don't do any of that, right? Like we have a country in which we don't have the big wall And we don't even have a wide gate. We just have an open for business sign where you don't even have to check in at the front desk. You just mosey on in here. And and now you just go, who knows where? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's our immigration system. So no wonder people are upset with it. So uh,
1: 2021, the U.S. had 1.7 million immigrants come into the country. And that number rose to 2 million in 22 last year. And, of course, it's going higher and higher. The Title 42 is set to expire on May 11th. And the House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, he went to the border for the first time since taking his new role. Uh-huh. Many people are being critical, saying it was just a photo op. You mean like what Joe Biden did? (laughs) But he said, no one believes that our border is secure. No one
3: believes our border is secure. Not the border agents, not America. Mayorkas has no integrity to continue to say that. He has no integrity to continue to shut down and make it more difficult for the border agents to do their job. Removing technology of the blimps is more of a job to try to get the numbers of the data down, not the numbers of the people who are illegally crossing.
1: So we're sending billions to Ukraine still, but our homeland is not secure. And I'm not even talking about whether immigrants should be here or not. I'm just talking about they're sneaking in illegally. Sure. It is not secure.
2: Who do you want coming into your house Casey this should be because (laughs) our country is it is our borders are America's house right Mm -hmm. and every person should our immigration policy should reflect what we want in our own lives Mm -hmm. who do you want who are you comfortable with coming into your house
1: oh people that I know and trust people that have been vetted
2: exactly yeah Exactly, and someone who you know has your best mm-hmm. interest at heart, someone who likes you, who, someone who wants to be a part mm-hmm. of your life and your family.
1: Someone I'm not concerned that they're going to, while I'm not watching, they're going to sneak something in their pocket or come back at a later date for nefarious activity.
2: We have no idea who many, 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 many people who enter this country are. And whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, or you're a libertarian, or you're apathetic, or independent, or whatever, that should bother the hell out of you, because we all have a vested interest in knowing who's here.
1: Okay, it is 12 minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and a black Democratic lawmaker in Georgia has called the state's first black Supreme Court Justice, Clarence Thomas, an Uncle Tom who sold his soul to the slave master.
2: All right, so before we play this audio, because it's really, really gross, um, let's talk about Clarence Thomas for a second. Okay. And I have, uh, Clarence Thomas is truly an American patriot. He's an American hero. And when you look at what he went through, To rise to do what only a couple of other um, black people in the history of this country have done, which is sit on the Supreme Court, it is not an exaggeration to say he's one of the greatest, most inspiring Americans who ever lived. What Joe Biden and the Democrats tried to do to Clarence Thomas during his nomination process was one of the most disgusting things that has ever happened in the history of this country. Clarence Thomas is, was, and remains an incredible legal mind that every American, regardless of color, but certainly young black men should aspire to be like. A guy who came from basically nothing and is one of the most powerful, and unless you are a partisan ideologue, respected people, and certainly has one of the most respected positions. Mm-hmm. In the entire country.
1: Yeah, you're talking about a guy who grew up as part of a poor family during the Jim Crow era, faced discrimination his entire life, but rose to the highest court in the country.
2: And they tried, they being Joe Biden and the Democrats, by some of the most disgusting means available, to derail his nomination, not because he wasn't qualified but because of his judicial philosophy and judicial beliefs and his reverence for the Constitution and the words there within. And many, many people, if they had faced what Clarence Thomas had faced, would have folded in the face of adversity. And he did not, and he allowed himself to be, I would say embarrassed, but I don't think he was, because, I mean, to be humiliated, shamed, whatever you want to call it. And his family and all the things he went through and he did not waver this is what we should want from every single American and if any person is statue worthy the qualifications we just laid out for you would certainly make Clarence Thomas worthy and I would hope that every person would believe that regardless of their political beliefs because of the importance Clarence Thomas has had in the history of this nation in terms of lifting up, if we are talking about people who have lifted up the prominence of black voices in this country, Clarence Thomas is certainly it. Now, you may, but if we don't like your politics, right, it's not actually about that. It's if we also like your politics as well. Listen to what, what is this guy's name? Do we have his name? I want to name it.
1: Nan Oroc?
2: Said his name? Okay. Well, this guy. Um, again, he no, no, no. Emmanuel Jones is the guy's name. He's a senator from the state of Georgia, state senator. And uh, this is totally gross.
4: Any time that we have a resolution, legislation proposing to place a statue of Clarence Thomas on this grounds, we cannot avoid that conversation. So I'm not going to avoid it either. In the black community, we have a, an expression... And I don't want to use this label too deeply here because I'm just trying to tell you what we have in the African-American community. When we talk about a person of color that goes back historically to the days of slavery and that person betraying his own community, we have a term in the black community. That term that we use is called uh, Uncle Tom. And Uncle Tom is a either a fictional or non-fictional character. I don't really know the origin of Uncle Tom, but it talks about a person who back during the days of slavery, sold his soul to the slave masters. That's the story, the fictitious of the story of an Uncle Tom. So when we think about a person in the black community who's accomplished, but yet policies seek to subvert some may even say suppress the achievements and accomplishments of people of color. I couldn't help but to think about that term in expressing my dissatisfaction with this particular legislation. All
2: right. All right OK. So at the risk of having to give equal time to every other person running for mayor, Abdul is here. And uh, <laughs> Abdul has come in uh, with clarification on who uh, Uncle Tom was.
5: Uncle Tom was a was a fictional character in the Harriet Beecher Stone novel Subleasing Uncle Tom's Cabin. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And Uncle Tom was actually the hero because Uncle Tom took the beatings and everything so the other slaves could go free. So whenever someone says, Abdul, your Uncle Tom, like, why, well, thank you very much. I'm flattered. Because that's who Uncle Tom was.
2: You are uh, obviously black. For people who may not know, you are black.
5: Well, it is radio, so that they is
2: can't see true. I would him. think by now I'd hope they would know. Would you prefer me to use this voice instead? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hyper-offensive what that guy's saying, right?
5: It's... Well, the first thing he said was, he, when he said he didn't know who Uncle Tom was or the origin of Uncle Tom, that's what did it for me. It's like, okay, yeah. we're we're done, we're done talking. Right. Because if you're going to go on the public record and call somebody that, then you should, A, you should know what you're talking about, number one. Number two, get your history right.
1: It's an anti-slavery novel.
2: Yes. I just, anyway, I, thanks for popping in here, because sometimes I feel better when you say things.
5: Yeah, cuz I'm actually working on my novel Subleasing Uncle Tom's Cabin, Civil Rights in the 21st Century. Is that well, a real thing or are you making that up? No, real thing. I've been working on it forever. So.
1: But Abdul, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that book that Harriet Beecher Stowe, didn't that kind of lay the groundwork for the Civil War?
5: In part. Yeah, to when,
1: free slaves.
5: In part, yeah. So He doesn't know he doesn't know what he's talking about. What a shock. Well. Thank you. Hey, a politician, yeah. a politician with no clue. Thank God I, think, like that I think we got to give every candidate uh, about 53 <laughs> seconds. Okay,
0: here we go. <laughs> Thanks, Abdul. Okay, this is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
6: Why do fools fall in love? Why do birds sing so gay? Good morning. Well
1: 1022, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's
2: well done. You remember that from yesterday, didn't you?
7: Oh yeah, I always pay attention to what you say.
2: What other radio show Mm -hmm. are you going to get some Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers as your bumper music? You
7: guys had a
1: little mentorship program yesterday, huh?
2: Yeah, we got to get into that later because I I advised Kev Mm -hmm. to take a risk and he did. And then when Hammer comes in, Kev and I were having a conversation yesterday that I think every person that listens to this radio show will be able to participate in. Okay. Uh, That I'm very excited about. So we have many things that Kevin and I threw down yesterday that we'll get to. uh, (laughs)
1: Besides the Long Island. Yeah. Okay, let's get to things that are trending this hour. And first off, drone racing. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's a super high-tech, state-of-the-art drone matchup. Have you ever flown a drone? I have, but I've not done it competitively.
2: Like you own your own drone? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I
1: I don't own a drone.
2: Well, why did you fly a drone? Yeah, were you event? spying on people? No, yeah, what were you doing?
1: I was trying to get aerial views of a soccer field.
2: Well, but uh, how did you get the drone? Did you go to Drones R Us and rent it? What? Well, I worked at a TV
1: station. Oh, that had drones. Okay, you know, like they're doing that a lot now. So the Eye for in the Sky. Personal
2: use. Then you were taking company property for personal. Pretty much. Okay. Was this per- yeah. for <laughs> like your daughter's soccer game or something?
1: Yeah. Well, it was the soccer club. Yeah. Okay. Trying I- to get some nice pictures for the website, that sort of thing. So, but-
2: isn't it wild that something that would have cost you huge money, mm-hmm. even fifteen years ago? Mm-hmm. Is now, I don't know what a drone, what does a drone cost? Come well, on. they
1: vary. Right. I mean, you can get them for 50 bucks up to 5,000. You know, it depends on. So,
2: But I mean, a, a drone that would do an aerial shot of a soccer field. A mm,
1: couple hundred dollars. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. But now they're racing them at high speeds. They go like 90 miles per hour and the pilots are wearing computerized goggles and they battle it out in these decked out arenas. They have sponsors and apparently it feels like you're stepping inside a video game.
5: Remember, if Amari wins all three heats, there'll be two spots available in sudden death. Killian, though, trying to change that. This is do or die right now. These pilots can hear us
7: talking. Maverick and Killian, you have to push through the triangles. This is where Amari is strong.
5: I like it, cheerleading, my friend. As Amari tries to move back to the front, but Killian fighting him off. Here they go through the Google Cloud Gate. This is the sprint to the finish. Amari is one, two. Will it be three? Yes. Oh yes. Wow. wow. So
1: it's like. A- what? what other heats are there? It's like an obstacle course. They have to fly these drones through hoops and around circles. and. What in the world was that? Yeah, that was it?
7: drone racing. The guy at the end, did you hear him? Yeah. Yeah, he's very, very fired up. He's yeah. like smack talking.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. That was
7: almost like pro wrestling.
1: <laughs> it's a new thing. Also trending this hour, Stephen Hawking's signature. It sold last night in auction for $15,000.
2: Okay, I don't mean to be mean, and I'm not in any way trying to speak ill of the dead. Mm -hmm. Stephen Hawking has a signature?
1: Yeah. His wife put a note out that said after a lot of time and some pain, he was able to write out his signature going years back. And an old one of his sold at auction last night. Somebody bought it. $15,000. No kidding. What they'll do with it, frame it, put it up. Lastly, trending, Travis Kelsey. He is the Kansas City Chiefs tight end, and he will be hosting Saturday Night Live this weekend. He says, I am so nervous. And the musical guest is going to be Kelsey Ballerini. Why
2: would you be nervous? There's like nine people watching. (laughs)
1: Right.
2: Right. (laughs) <laughs> what is there to be nervous about? Um Okay, so we got voicemails coming up next. Mm-hmm. Uh we went a little long in that first segment, but uh lots The drone of, racing was worth it. Yeah, lots of uh lots of good voicemails. To people. I think people will be very, very satisfied with the voicemails that are coming your way.
1: Alright, that's coming up from 93 i B C
0: I'm so sorry you have just reached my
3: answering machine. I'm
1: not three one seven six eight four eight four four four. that is our phone number if you would like to contribute your questions, comments, and smart remarks. And I'm being told it's we're starting off with smart remarks today, huh? Well, here, okay,
2: before we play this guy's phone call, Casey, i I think we do a pretty good job of criticizing the Democrats, right? Mm-hmm.
1: i I thought so. We do a pretty good job of criticizing both sides. yeah we we hate everyone. <laughs> You hate everyone.
2: I hate everyone.
1: I'm trying to balance it out just with a little sprinkling of love here and there.
2: I mean, both sides are equally to blame. Mm -hmm. So, why you would not talk about both sides' role in the condition of the country is very much beyond me. I feel like every single day we are critical of Biden on a variety of of topics, mm-hmm. uh, the Biden administration, as we have again today. Yeah. It's been a whole segment. Talking about Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. I mean, so, but this person is one of those people okay. who apparently has very selective hearing and uh, needs us to tell him on the doll where the radio show hurt him because he's very, very upset <laughs> okay. about how mean we are uh, to Republicans when they deserve it. Go ahead. So you guys don't never talk about the root of the problem, Okay. The root of the problem is socialized socialism by the Democrats, okay? All you ever talk about is Republicans doing this and that, and I can turn on any
8: NBC or CBS or CNN or MSNBC or Apple News or anything and hear all that, okay? The
3: root of the problem is the Democrats, okay? The dumbass that's in the White House, okay?
2: So I want you guys to start talking more about that. And uh, that's what I need you to do, because if you want to really talk about the problems of the country and, and problems
3: about Indiana, and all, all starts with Joe Biden, okay, and Schumer,
2: and Pelosi, and people like that, okay. Thank you. Okay, Casey, I, I, uh, I have a confession to make.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, it has just now dawned on me after I heard this phone call. Indiana having one of the highest gas taxes in the entire nation, mm-hmm. definitely the fault of Joe Biden.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, the fact that the state gas tax is like four times what the federal gas tax is, definitely the fault of Joe Biden. Uh, Indiana's failed assessment uh, structure for property taxes, definitely, totally the fault of Joe Biden. Um, Eric Holcomb shutting the state down, totally the fault of Joe Biden. Um the VIP meet and greet Holcomb did with Malik Mohammed and letting a domestic terrorist write the police reform bill in the state. Definitely the fault of Joe Biden. I am so sorry that it took me so long to recognize all of the things that I've been talking about that the Republicans, with their Republican governor and Republican supermajorities, that are massive growths of government and massive growths in taxation were definitely the fault of Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't realize it until that phone call.
1: Just yesterday, we were talking about CRT and DEI, What the hell is wrong with people? And I think on a daily basis, we talk about the failures of Joe Biden and yeah. the Biden
2: administration. But Casey, some people just, they want to believe what they want to believe. Okay. And you, me, Kev, are interfering in their safe zone. Where it is just easier, rather than doing the work to hold their side accountable, mm-hmm. just to go, you guys are the bad guys for having the audacity to tell me the truth.
1: Okay, well, I would invite that fella to listen to us straight up at 11 o'clock, 25 minutes, because the first story we're going to do is talking about the globalist billionaire George Soros, uh-huh. who is just a radical liberal lefty guy and has a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. So that that story should make that caller really happy.
2: Uh, Casey, remember yesterday when you confessed to us of how mean you were to a 10-year-old boy? I wasn't mean to him. You. Very, very mean. I didn't
1: accept his love. That's all it was.
2: Kevin and I had this conversation (laughs) yesterday. Um, And by the way, we did did invite you to join us for the record. Yeah, you You did. But I I
1: actually had to stay back here and work some more. Um, but you were talking about me over cocktails? Well, we were
2: talking about how mean you were yeah. to that kid. And the <laughs> mental torture you probably did. So mm-hmm. when Casey was 10.
1: It was like a fifth. You know what? I think when I think back where I was in uh-huh. the cafeteria, it was middle school. It had to have
2: been sixth grade. Okay. So 10, 11, 12, right. whatever. Which yeah. is like a
7: very uh, vulnerable age yeah. for your emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some sweet boy
2: yeah. <laughs> cared enough about you. To give you... A 45. ...of Babe, Mm -hmm. one of the great love songs ever written. From Styx. And Mm -hmm. you thought so little of that (laughs) genuine uh, offer... ...that you did not at any point even, like, listen to the words in the song... Because you thought it was about a guy leaving his woman.
1: Well, the first line is, babe, I'm leaving.
2: Yeah, it's a guy that has to leave his wife to go on tour and how much he loves and misses his wife. And no matter what sort of adulation he gets from stadiums full of people, it will mm-hmm. never compare to the adulation and love and comfort he gets from his wife and how he can't wait to get back to see her. Mm-hmm and you were just like, I didn't even listen to the album because I thought so little of that guy who uh, yeah. wanted to share that same thought with you, Casey.
1: Mm-hmm. It was Valentine's uh, Day, too. Somebody,
2: <laughs> somebody, it was a Valentine. Somebody called about that.
6: <laughs> Hi, Rob and Casey. I love you both. But I had to consolidate a couple shows because I've been really busy. So I just got done listening to you color Casey mean about six. Now, this is one of them my favorite band and Property taxes are more important. I know. But a 10 years old. Now, back up and think, unless you kill the element of surprise, you do not know the gender of your child. Think about having a little girl. 10 years old, getting a present for saying thank you and going home and telling you about it. Now, how would you treat her? I already know. Well, she said thank you and... Better to break a little piece of his heart right now than to break his whole heart later by feeling sorry for him and going out just for a 45. It's a great song, but to a 10-year-old, doubt it had that much meaning. But I love you guys so much. Have a great day. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, first of all... It's not
1: like we were getting married or something.
2: Okay, first of all, there's a lot of this onion to un- Peel mm-hmm. back here. Okay, number one, I do know the gender of my child. I've just not publicly said it yet, and I'm not going to for a while. My child not only has I a... thought that was... You were going to come no, out no, with no. it today. I have to ask my wow. wife's express written permission. Uh-huh. Um, my child not only has a gender, the child also has a name. Mm-hmm. So, um, Casey knows. Yep. Kev knows. Yep. Um, so, I do know the gender of my child, and the child has a name.
1: Are you ever... Are you going to reveal it? Uh, maybe. Maybe
6: at some point. I mean, not not if we keep
2: getting mean-spirited phone calls like that. Right. um, Assuming that I don't know my child's gender. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I am so dead set on my child knowing and appreciating Things that others who came before them have done and will do for them that I journal to my child every single night to know what is going on in the world in which they are living right now. Mm -hmm. So you better believe, boy or girl, if someone is giving my child Mm -hmm. something of high quality as babe (laughs) on 45 they're damn well going to appreciate that and say thank you over and over and over again to someone who puts that much effort in to give them that sort of quality merchandise. You are
1: painting me out to be an evil woman. I was a child and a boy gave me a 45 on
7: Valentine's Day. Yeah, did you even say... We're talking
1: like 40 years later, you guys. So you just didn't say thank you,
7: you just grabbed the 45 and just said... You just, you just didn't say anything.
1: No, it's not what I said. I, I'm sure I said thank you. You didn't listen to it, Casey. No, that's not true either. I just maybe don't recall all of the lyrics. It wasn't like this monumental moment in my You're, life. Casey, you like, did I not, love this boy. I'm going to spend eternity with Casey, him. Casey, listen. I was, I
2: was young. Casey, Listen to me. Yes, that meant that gesture of kindness and sentimentality, and mm-hmm. really an act of love. If you're mm-hmm. presenting babe to any woman, mm-hmm. meant so little to you that the song stuck with you so little that you thought it was about a man leaving his wife, mm-hmm. like by choice. I knew yeah. it. I knew it was like a.
1: He love. didn't want to leave
2: her, Casey. He had to go on tour. I knew it was a love song.
1: You're talking about a time in my life where one day you get a 45 in the cafeteria at lunch,
2: uh-huh. followed by the next day where there's a food fight. That, who knows what tortured existence that kid lived. <laughs> oh, I'm
1: sure he's fine.
2: Uh, speaking of tortured <laughs> existence. Probably,
1: probably better off that I let him go at a young age. I have a theory. Rather than torture him his entire life by having to be with me.
7: I have a theory. I yes, think okay. maybe that first angry caller was that boy. <laughs> that was the boy. <laughs> uh, real quick,
2: before we get to break, because i I'm very important... Uh, uh, exercise for you mm-hmm. and Kev and mm-hmm. Hammer uh, okay, we in need the next time segment. For it. Sure. Um, somebody did call about, remember, we talked yesterday about how Gen Z mm-hmm. are not driving anymore. They're putting it off long They're very long fearful long. of driving, and yes. we were chuckling at how ridiculous that is because <laughs> that was like a rite of passage right. for every generation before that. Uh, somebody called about that.
8: Hey, Kendall and see a couple of thoughts on the uh, Gen Zers getting their licenses so late. I am the parent of two Gen Zers, and I can tell you, um, one of them got his license right out of the shoot and the other one waited a little bit, but, you know, that was just him being lazy, I believe. I contribute, or attribute, I guess, all of this to the fact that these kids never had to ride their bike anywhere. We raised them in a era, or an area, or whatever you want to call it, of um being you know just scared of riding their bike or for instance our kids lived out on a farm and there is you know their nearest friend was 20 miles away so that wasn't going to work but um I I know I don't see any kids riding bikes anywhere anymore I live um in the unfortunate state of Oregon and there's just no kids I see adults riding bikes that kids don't and I just think that them never riding bikes anywhere never motivated them to get in a car and drive and that's my two cents so i love your show god bless bye-bye
1: thank you for calling from oregon but she's right i mean my huffy with the banana seat that was everything soon as school was out you were on your bike out in the neighborhood you didn't come home until the lights came on
2: Kev, you ever have a bike?
7: Yeah, I mean, even when I was a kid, I was fortunate enough to have friends, several friends who lived in the area, the suburban area that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And we would uh, ride to each other's houses and ride around the neighborhoods. And even there was like a gym down the road that we would ride to. Yeah, these
2: modern parents are doing a terrible job. Let your kids go outside and play. Make them go outside and play.
1: Well, yeah, it's make them go outside instead of having their face buried in their phone.
2: All right, when we come back, Kev and I had a little, as we talked about, back and forth about something very important Mm -hmm. yesterday, Mm -hmm. and I have an incredibly... Well, uh, just relevant and pressing question for you and I Kev. think the
1: backstory on
2: this and is Hammer. fascinating, and uh, I think this I'm going to be uh, very interested to see what the answers are to this question.
0: All right, it's on the way. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips
1: 1048, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and Hammer joins us in the studio.
2: All right, so uh, Kev and I have been having a little back and forth. Remember the other day where I played the Niels Lofgren Mm -hmm. bumper music? Yeah. And uh, told Kev that he really needed to get on board with the Niels Lofgren musical scene. Mm -hmm. And then Kev was kind of being dismissive and called him Niels Lundgren. <laughs> and I told Kev, I said, Kev, there is a Lundgren, but it's not Niels Lofgren. There, was a, guy. there was a mass murderer by the name of uh, Lundgren. Mm-hmm. See,
3: I would have went Dolph Lundgren. I would have went a Von Drago. Like, the fact that you immediately went
2: to the murderer,
3: you know, is well, interesting.
2: There's a reason that I went to the murderer because, like, small world, right? My dad worked with the guy who became the mass murderer. Really? Jeff Lundgren. Oh, Magic Mike was a serial killer? Magic Mike, years ago, obviously way before he murdered the people, Mm -hmm. worked with the guy in his early days, and I guess he would call law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And so he knew this guy and his family. And so, they, yeah, they were total weirdos even back then. Not like weirdos like, oh my gosh, I suspected they were someday going to become Mass murderers. But yes, Jeff Lundgren was a famous mass murderer uh, from Ohio. Mm -hmm. He and his family killed another family like he was one of these uh phony re- Jeff Lundgren was one of these phony religious prophets who convinced the people basically like that god was going to reveal himself whatever i mean he was a total fraudster and so kev and i were uh texting back and forth last night so it finally prompted me to ask kev in this building like my dad knew this guy who became a mass murderer but never thought you know okay this guy's going to be a you know become a mass murderer mm-hmm who in this building so the entire ms building you don't just have to include wi i mean you don't just have to limit yourself to wibc but who in this building if you were to say 20 years from now or 10 years from now or whatever it was mm-hmm. you'd say it's most likely to have become a murderer. who would be least who would you be least surprised uh-huh. if that person you saw in the news so and so has killed even one person. So when who we, did you guys come up with? Well, we don't want to name his name because we, we, we we're, were. Oh, come on. Well- You're
3: going to set this up and you're not going to name names? Can that get me sued? Well, we don't want to be victims. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean-
3: That's a great point.
2: Yeah. I did not that. think about that. Because yeah. we, we think there's a strong chance this might happen. And, uh, Kev, go, you go first.
7: <laughs> uh, you go first. I'm going to give it to you. Uh,
2: he, he works in the news department. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, part-timer. Mm-hmm. And uh had a li- I think he may be working back there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> is it Donnie? It's not Donnie. No, Donnie's no, a no, full-timer. No. This is a part-timer in the news department. Oh, okay. Part-timer. And uh had a He was the same guy that had the thing with the girl where he was buying her like um a $100 shopping spree? Yeah. Okay, I don't now know I this gave story. it away. Yeah.
4: I
3: don't know this story.
2: This guy took a girl on a first date, and I asked him where was he taking the girl, Mm -hmm. and he said, I'm taking her to dinner Mm -hmm. at a very nice restaurant, which is not out of the normal, but then he was taking her to the mall, and he was going to let her spend like up to $150 of his money, and we said, that is going to end terribly.
1: Well, and then they posted a picture.
2: He posted he a picture. He posted a picture of them she on social media. She was not involved media. anywhere in the photo. She's not tagged in the photo. Mm-hmm. And it was in the, on the, I don't know, do you guys, Hammer Nigel do Instagram? Uh, yes. In, on the Instagram, it was a photo, what do they call them? Re, a, what do they story. call Stories. Where it just disappears after a period of time. After 24 hours. And she's not tagged in the photo. There's no caption to the photo. There's no... I, you know, I'm so excited to be dating. So you think that's the
3: motivation for this person to become the next serial killer?
2: Kev, help me out with this because you thought the same thing that I thought. There's a certain serial killer quality, or not even serial killer, but just mass murderer quality, to someone that is going to post a photo that you want to give the perception you're dating someone, and you weren't actually dating them.
3: Okay. I I I don't know who it is. So oh, I'm that's, go why, along that's why that's why we're being you. deliberately
2: deceptive. I'll tell you off air. But uh, that's who we came I up with. I think you guys
3: are gutless for not naming names. Because I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Who's yours? Like when Rob asked me this last night, <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't even have to think more than two minutes. Oh. Sean Copeland. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sean Copeland from B one oh five. And this is my rationale. <laughs> Nobody can listen to Rick Astley's songs <laughs> that much. Without losing it? Without snapping at some point. Okay. Nobody can play. Uncle Crackers follow me that much Uh without just hating your life Mm -hmm. right and let's be honest in the past he has jumped into conversations on the Hammer and Nigel show social media Mm -hmm. fighting with our listeners we disagree on politics and that's totally okay he's got his you know beliefs we've got ours but the fact that he couldn't control himself. His words <laughs> couldn't control himself when it comes to politics, and you have to play some of those songs over and over and over again. We're going to wake up one day, and we're going to find out he's wearing somebody's head as a hat.
1: <laughs> this is a lovely, is he, uh, lovely
7: conversation. I, the, the image that popped up in my, in my mind is uh, Patrick Bateman from uh, American Psycho just like <laughs> listening to Huey Lewis and the yes, news like having an obsession
3: it. 100% <laughs> okay like that's I didn't even have to think twice like that's going to happen mm-hmm. all right. and like he, he's kind of a smart guy right mm-hmm. I think he's like a therapist actually so you factor all the stuff going in in his mind mm-hmm. upstairs
2: he probably thinks he could get away with it you know yep. who also was a therapist Hannibal Lecter Oh.
3: see I'm telling you all the signs are there <laughs> I'm just laying it out there Casey, did you have a name on this? I do. I've got two names. Oh, there's two people in our
1: building you think could. Two people. Okay, one is Skylar. Okay. Engineer engineer Skyler? Okay, listen. I feel like I don't agree with that. He's a behind the, behind the scenes kind of guy. Uh-huh. Very quiet. Wow. He knows the equipment, which uh-huh. would be a good murder weapon. <laughs> he has complete access to the entire building. Kay. And he's smart to clean up his mistakes, right? Plus, he can come in here, tweak the equipment so that one day it doesn't work, <laughs> Shit, one day what? it does, one day it doesn't work. He totally gaslight you. Like Maybe when a mafia guy mind.
2: sets up your car to explode yes. when you turn. The Why, key. You
1: think you're losing your mind, and that's just his way
2: of toying with you. You wrote a full criminal profile. <laughs> like Quantico is going to be calling you now uh, the nicest you. guy in the building. I know. I know. <laughs> who, who else?
1: The other one. This one's going to blow your mind. And I normally would never besmirch her good name uh-huh. ever, and it's because she is the sweetest woman ever. You would never suspect it. Terry Stacey.
3: The first lady? What? Yep. The first lady of
1: WNBC. No way.
2: Don't you share an office with her?
1: All the more reason. Why? (laughs) Why would you pick her? Because she's so nice? No, I'm kidding. But the engineer thing?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's real. You're being serious.
3: (laughs) Like, Terry Stacey comes off as the kind of person who would shoot you and then apologize. I'm so sorry. I didn't know.
2: God, love her. It would be accidental. Ma'am, you're still firing. (laughs) It won't stop.
1: I love Terry. She is so warm and welcoming.
3: That is uh, complete nonsense to say uh, it would
2: be her. What's coming up this uh, afternoon?
3: Uh, We are going to get into why the Biden administration is not giving federal funds to Ohio, which is ridiculous, and Beer Sample Friday. Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall
1: and Casey. It's 93 WIBC.